Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Author and coach Noelle Van Vleerbergen knows from personal experience that there are many roads to recovery, but it's what you do when you get there that makes all the difference. She's joining me today to share practical tools for embracing deep change and connecting to the present with honesty, heart, and moxie. Are you ready to meet her? Noelle Van Vleerbergen is a certified integrative health and addiction recovery coach, writer, founder of Sober Moxie, and creator of Sadie's Spark, an online resource that inspires women to ignite their lives. Sober since 2011, she shares her experience and lessons learned in her new book, The Sober Leap, Practical Wisdom to Create an Amazing Life After Addiction. You can find out more about Noelle and her work at SoberMoxie.com. Noelle, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. I'd love to know a little of your story, if you don't mind sharing, about what led up to your recovery and then what happened after you got sober. Sure. So uh, my recovery happened in, well, I, I entered recovery in 2011, and I had been um, drinking for probably about eight years straight prior to that, um, pretty much every night. And I say that kind of my, um, my drinking habit sort of uh, reached out and grabbed me when I wasn't really looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had been um, kind of forging forward in my career, and I was one of those people that never, you know, missed a day of work and was always um, there to show up. But as my drinking progressed, and my sort of stress level increased, it, it, it sort of caused my drinking to progress. And as it progressed, I um, just literally kind of, it, it pretty much took over. And I came to the conclusion when I decided to get sober, and it wasn't one of those like hit myself over the head moments. It really was a gradual process for me because it was getting to a point where I really couldn't fake it anymore. Um, from a physical standpoint, I was getting um, more and more sick, really, truly. I had uh, hypoglycemia, so it was affecting me in a physical way as well as mentally. But um, So I got to a point where I just realized that if I didn't stop, that it was going to get very serious pretty quickly. So I came to the conclusion the day after Thanksgiving, um, and I realized that I think I had the sort of moment of clarity when I was looking at, um, you know, glasses of wine that were half uh, drank on the table that, and, and looking at them as though I wanted to go finish them off for other people, <laughs> that, was, that I was definitely, uh, it was time. It was time for me to look at it. So um, I got sober. I did not go into AA. I had been in Al-Anon when I was younger um, and had done that a, for a little bit of time, but it never really resonated with me. And so I sort of started very gradually um, after I got my bearings, after a few months, very gradually kind of doing some self-exploration and um, finding community 
that was supportive and that could help me to kind of progress through recovery in a more holistic way. So um, that's kind of where I, I learned some of the principles that I write in the book, um, I write about in the book. So that's, it, it, it's a gradual process that I made to get to that point of, you know, really uh, wanting to um, share what I had learned and really um, offer people some of the help that I didn't really find was immediate when I um, first got sober. I pulled a quote out from the book that I'm going to read because to me it re- this makes a lot of sense and I never thought of it this way before. You write, once sober, we're often caught in the dilemma of putting ourselves first in order to heal while facing the fear and anxiety of falling back into old habits as we struggle to meet the same set of expectations that fueled our addiction in the first place. And that really struck me because so often there's that idea that you get sober and then everything changes and it's different. And you're right, you get sober and you come out into the same world with the same pressures and the same triggers that might have fueled that addiction in the, in the first place. Yes. And, and I think that it's, what's interesting is that the world doesn't change around you, but your, um, the way you look at the world starts to shift when you get sober. And it's not an immediate change. Um, you know, it's funny, I've, I've been working with several clients that are very, very new to recovery. And I keep telling them, you know, it, this is such a gradual process. But what you're basically doing is you're taking a look at your life in a very different way and you're learning different coping mechanisms than you've ever known about or been able to practice before, right? It's um, calming yourself physically and mentally is something that is learned as you go. And, and when we are in addiction, we're so used to having that sort of escape hatch to turn to to numb things out and not really have to deal with the world around us. Um, And particularly, I think, as a woman who has been a management coach for a number of years, I have worked with many, many women that deal with a lot of stress and pressure. I mean, many women do, regardless of if they're in corporate America or not. Um, But there's there's no wonder that, that a lot of us are turning to sort of alternate means of coping when... Um, you know, and when given the opportunity to get sober and to start looking at your life very differently, you, you start to recognize there's there's so much strength that you have inside you that you didn't you weren't really accessing before. What is it that made you want to become a recovery coach? Is it because of your own coming out into that world and realizing that you needed new tools? Yes, and also that I, I recognized in the communities that I was around and the women that I was meeting that we were kind of in this strange dilemma. You know, when, when you get sober, you're sort of coming out into the light, and it's very disorienting. And trying to um, go back to, to a stressful environment, right, as, as women who try and take everything on, um, it's, it's a new world. You know, you're, you're learning to sort of walk again. And there's not a lot out there to guide you. Um, and to me, my passion has been to work with women who not only may have had um, disadvantages in their past that might have led them to addiction to begin with, 
but, you know, that really need uh, some of the basics that really, to understand some of the basics that we, that we didn't uh, intuitively know or at least feel um, to begin with. And, and basics, I mean by, you know, what I mean by that is, you know, finding your voice or um, telling the truth, um, things that, that you don't really think so much about and you don't it doesn't necessarily hit you over the head when you're sober that these are the things that you need to take a look at. But until you really have that guidance and somebody saying, you know, I've been down this path before um, and, and this is, these are the things that you need to kind of look at in order to grow and learn and evolve, um, it's really difficult. And so I found that difficulty sort of fueled my, my um, energy toward working with women to really find that in themselves and to really understand what the obstacles are and then start to work through those obstacles in a healthy way. Um, and there's, there's just so much, there's so much to learn in that area. And I know this from personal experience. And so having that support, support is just invaluable. And it brings in a new way of looking at the truth. I'm just thinking whether we are in or not in addiction or what we might call addiction to alcohol or drugs or other substances, we tend to lie to ourselves a lot and sometimes more when we are in addiction than when we are not. And it takes, I think, courage and persistence to continue to tell the truth and do that in a way that's compassionate, to do it in a way that it like sees it like it is, but then doesn't trigger old behavior, old patterns, old harmful ways of being, whether that's addiction or not. And so that idea of truth is difficult, especially, I think, for people who are also looking at, as women or as men, how do I use my power? Where does my power right. lie? And can I be truthful and compassionate and stand in that power? Well, and I think that the truth brings brings about the power too. You know, it really, um, the more that I had to get quiet with myself and understand what my truth was, regardless of how it sounded to other people, right? I mean, it, there's a lot of stigma that comes with recovery and there's a lot of holding back that you do in especially early stages of recovery because you don't want people to think that you're less than or that you weren't able to cope like normal people can. You know, I mean, you know that there's just that, there's sort of that conversation out there around it. And until you can come into your own and not only, you know, recognize your strength, but really celebrate the fact that you have overcome something that's really, really difficult. Um, it, it, it's, it just it strengthens your resolve, but it also, um, it, you show up differently. You just do. And I, that's the one thing I, I tell my clients a lot is, you know, this is going to, this is the beginning of it all, right? This is where, where, like I say in the book, it's like when the good stuff starts. This is, this is where you get to turn the page and you get to rewrite your story. And it's not to say that your past didn't happen, but um, you have the opportunity to create something very, very different. And until you empower yourself to do that, um, and really go through the process that it takes to get there because it doesn't happen overnight. Um, until you do that, it, you know, it's, a, it's a difficult road until you get there, and then you realize, wow, this is, this is pretty amazing. You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. My guest is Noelle Van Vleerbergen. Her new book is The Sober Leap, Practical Wisdom to Create an Amazing Life After Recovery.
What is it that led you to write the book? And maybe, I hope this is okay to say, I think the book is fun. Not because it's not a serious topic, but because it's practical and it's down to earth. It's stuff that you can take and and work with. What is it that led you to write the book? Well, it's funny that you say that you say that because I, when I first got sober, I can remember going to a whole bunch of different websites, and um, just the, the topic of addiction to me felt like, and I, you know, I say this tongue in cheek because it's, I, I don't mean to sound um, belittling of anything. I think that that addiction is an incredibly serious thing. Um, but every, everywhere I turned, I felt like it was really depressing. It's like, you know, I, I'm trying real hard to get to a place of, um, of joy here. And this is not helping me. And I thought to myself, you know, this would be great to really put something together. That's not only a practical guide for people, but has, you know, the, the upside to this. Because I really am a firm believer that, you know, none of us would wish addiction on anyone. And, and it is something that is obviously a trying experience. But if you really look at it for what it is, it's a huge lesson. And it's something that really can catapult people into a better place. And so the principles that I put together, I wanted something that felt, you know, palpable and easy to digest for people who quite frankly, especially when you're newly sober, are kind of overwhelmed. You know, there's a lot there's a lot to it and there's a lot going through your mind and there's a lot of shame and doubt and all of those things. And I wanted to have a guide for women that that could show them sort of the other side of that, the other side of addiction and um, the really powerful, joyful part of it once you can take a look at some of the things and really shift your perspective. So I'm happy you say that it's that it's more upbeat because that was that was my my intent. The book centers around eleven what you call leap truths. I wonder is there maybe one of those that you can share? Well, one of my favorites, I have to say, is um, "Sing, Mama, Sing" because letting your voice be heard is something that I personally um, have felt has been. Uh, one of the areas that I've grown the most in um, during this process. And I think it, it, it's true for, for many women, not all, um, but that not only is it a process of sort of coming out of the darkness where when you're in addiction, you're, you're obviously fairly checked out, so you're not, um, you're not maybe fully present in your life to begin with. And once you get to this, place of sobriety, it's like coming out into a whole new world and trying to understand where you fit in it. And I think the, the one you know, area that I think is most prevalent when we start to really come into our own is we start to have a voice and start to really um, understand that we have something to say. And mine personally came to me when I first got sober and I started writing, I was doing journal writing. And I realized that I, there was this backlog of, of creativity in me that needed to come out, um, which manifested in my writing, right? So I wrote and wrote and wrote, and I realized, wow, I really, I must have something to say. 
because <laughs> this is happening. This is happening very frequently, and this is something that feels more like a need, you know, than a want. And I think it happens differently for different people, but we start to understand. Wow, I have something to say, and I've experienced something that can help other people. And so I really encourage people in, in the book. In particular, when we talk about sharing your gifts, whether that's writing, whether that's any other creative outlet, really being able to be heard in whatever way that makes sense for you is super, super important. Um, and so that's kind of one of my favorite principles in the book because I, I just I think it's something that we sometimes um, you know not take for granted that that's just going to come in time, but we don't realize that there's there's a lot that that needs to um, come out, and we have to be able to uh, build the confidence around sharing our truth, basically, with other people, whether that's, you know, in, in whatever way that, that, that manifests itself. Well, that makes sense, and especially if you've had to, you were saying that you saw yourself eyeing the wine glasses and you were noticing that you were getting sick, especially as one gets deeper into addiction and you find that, you're constructing a tighter and tighter little box to hold yourself in that on the other side of that, to be able to let go and express things without that fear, I guess it's about vulnerability and truth maybe. And so even if that's journal writing, somebody who got very locked up might have a hard time doing that right away. And so it's a beautiful expressive process. Mm. Well, and when you think about, um, Addiction has a has a really interesting way of making us think that we're in total control <laughs> when in fact we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very controlled environment and sort of uh, place that we put ourselves in where um, you know we we feel as though we've got, you know in my in my case, especially, I think I felt very in control of like, you know, well, I'm going to, I'm going to drink it up to this point so that I know that I'm not hung over in the morning or, you know, you'd have like certain rules for yourself that you felt were these, like, you're being very, very responsible <laughs> in, your, in your drinking, which of course is obviously the opposite of what's happening. Right. But um, we kind of build up walls with that too. There's this sense of control. And then there's this building up of a wall where, you know, if I don't share too much with you, I won't get disappointed. And I think that what happens, you know, once that goes away and the addiction ceases or, you know, your your addictive behavior ceases, you start to realize that the more and more that you break down those walls, the more you're going to grow. And and that just feels counterintuitive when you're in the addictive mindset. You know, you want, it's all about protection and control and making sure that things are just right, even though they're completely chaotic. Hmm. But you, of course, in your mind think that they are, you know, all very regimented and and under control. Um, Noelle, for someone listening who might be contemplating sobriety, is there anything you can just kind of lob in there? I would say if somebody is contemplating it, then that's, that's definitely a, a sign to take a closer look at it. Um, you know, I can say from my experience that I contemplated it for a long time before I actually took action. Um, and that's the first step. The, 
second step I would say to people that are in that place um, would be that, you know, it's okay to question it, and it's a really good thing to reach out to anybody, even if it's, even if you're taking a baby step, because what ends up happening is the more inquisitive you can be about it, the more you can start to understand what it might look like if things were a little different. And that's pretty much, you know, it took me, I was lucky because I had a sister that had been in AA for many years, so I, I had an idea of what that looked like. I certainly hadn't experienced it firsthand, but, but even just talking with, you know, individuals that might be within the sober community or calling up the sober, co- you know, a, a recovery coach or getting on um, Crossroads Recovery is a really good example of a website that, you know, gives you a little bit of an understanding of what that looks like and, and the kinds of things that you can do um, to, get, to get help in that area. But I think those would be just some, you know, some examples of things that they could do to take just a baby step. It's not to say that you have to uh, go full bore uh, automatically. And I think that's, that's the, the, where people get overwhelmed because they feel like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is, do I have to look at my life completely differently now and this is just going to turn everything upside down? Um, the one thing I, I was telling a, um, a client of mine this past week that we were talking about how, what a difference it is when you first when you first get into recovery and you have this feeling that everything is like I mean it's a very very big deal and this is like my life is going to change and of course you think it's going to change for the worse because now you have to give up all of these things and you know looking back on that after being sober for six years I realized oh my gosh it's the exact opposite but you do have that fear when you first go into that state of contemplation that things are going to change and are um, not going to be positive. And so you have that outlook. And just to let people know that this is a, it's a great step, the fact that you are even having that thought is a really good sign that, um, you know, you either, and, and, if it, and if that isn't an issue for you, that's great too. But if it's something that is coming to mind and that you're, you know, in the thought process around it, it might be something to take a look at. How can listeners reach out to you and find out more about the recovery coaching and the other things you offer? So they can go to my website, which is SoberMoxie.com. Um, that's probably the best way. I do consultations. So I do 30-minute consultations with um, people to kind of talk about what recovery coaching is all about. Um, that would be the best way to – and, and I, my blog, I, I write a blog every week. Um, that's on the website as well. It's also just a good resource uh, for people to have. What would you say is the one thing that you wish you knew when you stepped into your life newly sober? What is the one thing you wish that someone had told you or that a practical thing that you wish you had known going into it? Wow. I think just the that things are are going to be so much better. <laughs> I mean, I know that's a simple thing, but but truly just knowing that stepping into something that felt so big, bad, and scary has saved my life in more ways than one, you know, um, has really uh, offered me the opportunity to get to know myself and to really honor who I am. Um 
and that's just a that's a really it's just a really big deal and it's it's a great opportunity it's just an opportunity um, that you know you hope that that everyone can can have the um, ability to see and to, to experience Noel thank you so much for being on the show Thank you for having me, Karen. This was great. Oh, good. Wonderful. Um, that is Noelle Van Vleerbergen, and her new book is The Sober Leap, Practical Wisdom to Create an Amazing Life After Recovery. You can find out more about Noelle and her work at her website, SoberMoxie.com. Now, I'm about to spell. Are you ready? S-O-B-E-R-M-O-X-I-E, SoberMoxie.com. And, of course, you can always find out what's happening in my world, classes, events, set up a private session with me if you like. All that information is at KarenHager.com. And if you believe, as I do, that when we put our collective intention on peace, that it does change the world, that what we intend makes a difference, I hope that you'll check out OpenPeacefulHeart.com. That's a place where you can sign up for a free a monthly guided meditation that we do each month, first Sunday of the month. You are very welcome. Tell everybody you know, and let's get together and change the world. It's openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. <laughs>